Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Time to check in with the Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine Central DuPage Hospital, Dr. Kevin Most. Doc, good morning to you. As we've heard, Blackhawks Captain Jonathan Taves announced he's dealing with symptoms of long COVID and chronic immune response system. Uh, first of all, are, are, we, are we experiencing a lot of these long COVID cases among young people like Taves, Doc? Well... Yeah, not so much. You know, really, if we look at the long COVID cases, the vast majority of them are hospitalized patients, women more often than men, smokers, obesity, but certainly we see the whole spectrum of age. So certainly the, we are seeing some in the Taze kind of age range, um, but we're also seeing it throughout uh, uh, pretty much all age ranges right now. He's 34. And, and this chronic immune response system, is that connected to long COVID or is that something completely separate? It's, it's pretty much something separate, although they kind of mimic each other, in, at least in the symptoms. You know, chronic inflammatory response syndrome, it's usually from being exposed to something, exposed to a biotoxin, exposed to a bad building, exposed to something at, at a work site. Um, but the symptoms are the same, you know, fatigue and weakness, uh, body aches. So lightheadedness, all the things that we kind of see with some of the neurologic long COVID stuff. So, you know, there's uh, a lot of different ways that you can skit uh, chronic inflammatory response, but really it comes down to Lyme disease as well. Sometimes Hmm. will cause it, but certainly um, Taze certainly sounds like this is going to be more, at least the, you know, the the short portion you hear, you know, had COVID and now is seeing these, uh, symptoms that we're associating with long COVID, which is unfortunate mm-hmm. because we don't have a lot of treatment options here for him. And, you know, certainly uh, you'd like to see him back on the ice and back feeling healthy. The uh, story came out a couple of days ago about long COVID and how it now looks like more of a neurological disease. And that that could affect the treatments, couldn't it? One hundred percent. You know, when we first started talking about long COVID, what were we talking about? The things love, you know, lung damage and heart damage and loss of taste and smell. And now as we're really starting to get into it, we're really starting to see more of the neurologic issues like you spoke about, you know. And this was a big study that was done coming out of Scientific America, which was looking at, look at how many people actually have the neurologic the fatigue, the malaise, the brain fog, loss of taste and smell, memory issues, sleep disorders, mood. And the numbers are quite staggering when they're talking about the incidence of it as well as the gross numbers. You know, uh, probably conservative number in the United States is probably around, you know, 10, 12 million, but it could be up as high as, you know, 30 million. And 4 million people are still out of work. So we're really starting to see the impact that the brain has, that COVID had on the brain. And as more people have died of this illness, we've been able to do more autopsies to find out exactly what's going on. And it certainly looks like we have uh, white blood cells called macrophages, and, and, and they go and they fight. Not only do they fight infection, but they fight anything that is foreign. They'll, they'll fight cancer cells. They'll fight other uh, 
things that are not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they also fight healthy tissue at times. And that appears to be what's happening now in the brain cells of individuals who have long COVID with the neurologic side is that the macrophages are kind of going to hyperdrive and do not only fight off the virus, but also do a lot of damage to healthy tissue, which then gives you all the neurologic symptoms that we have. So it looks like COVID can affect your brain and, and your heart, correct? Oh, absolutely. You know, and when we even when we say the brain and the heart, we look at the heart damage to it uh, by the virus itself, but also the brain portion of it. The brain's pretty amazing. It tells us and it tells the heart when it needs to pump faster and when it needs to pump harder. And with COVID, we're seeing that people have this um, postural orthostatic tachycardia. And what that's a fancy term for saying, when I'm seated and I stand up, my heart should have to beat a little bit harder because I need to make sure I pump to my brain, to my kidneys. But for people with COVID, that kind of goes out of control and actually pumps a lot harder than it needs to, can cause lightheadedness. So it's not that the heart is damaged, but that the message from the brain to the heart is telling it to do something that it normally wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. That's scary stuff. And uh, another reason to not let your guard down, even though we're done, hopefully, with the worst of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, I mean, the vaccine certainly will reduce the chance of long COVID, but it does not completely eliminate it. I don't want to make that statement. So we know that. But I think you're going to start to see more and more information that comes out. I have to remember what we're three years and five months into this illness. So really, we will start to see a lot of information come out because now that we know what's going on actually in the brain, how do we slow down those white blood cells from attacking healthy tissue? What can we do to make sure that that we can manipulate those white blood cells to fight only the infection and not healthy tissue? We'll, there's a lot of things that we're going to really be able to do to start looking at medications and treatment versus just here is why it occurs. Continuing with Northwestern Medicine's Dr. Kevin Most, let's talk a little bit about breakfast. And uh, lately, we're hearing a lot about people who are on these fasting diets. They skip breakfast, and some some say it's okay to do that now. What's the word on breakfast, Doc? What's the latest? Yeah, you know, I think, Bob, the interesting thing that has come out about breakfast just recently, the last couple of weeks, is that probably the two biggest things are coffee and eggs. You know, a study last week showed that three cups of coffee a day actually lower blood pressure. And certainly the caffeine can cause you to heart race a little bit at times, but the antioxidants offset that. It was a, a very intriguing study that says, hey, you know what, from a heart point of view, certainly three cups of coffee a day makes sense. Now, you're fasting and you say, hey, you know what, I want to lose weight. And I'm, that's usually the meal that's going to be skipped, right? You sleep overnight and then you wake up and you try to not eat until 11 o'clock or something. But, you know, we look at eggs as the other probably thing that people really equate with breakfast cereal or breakfast. And we know now that, you know, the concern about raising cholesterol by eating too many eggs is actually not a true statement for a vast majority of the population. We know people who have something called familial hypercholesterolemia. In other words, it's a genetic reason that your cholesterol is elevated. Certainly those individuals should stay away and eat eggs modestly. But a good portion of the population can eat eggs and actually does not impact their cholesterol and actually can raise their HDL or their good cholesterol. So 
people who used to think eggs were terrible, really they're not as bad as we think and in fact have other great sources of protein and other vitamins that we need. Um, so it's one of those where if you know if you have a family history of high cholesterol, okay, go modestly with eggs. But uh, if you don't, then don't be concerned. They're nutrient-rich foods that aren't going to impact your cholesterol. So for most of us, uh, forget the egg white omelet because the yolk has all the nutrients in there, correct? <laughs> doesn't it? It does. Yeah, the yolk it definitely has all the nutrients. The egg white portion of it has the protein, and this is a great source of protein, but really all the nutrients are in the yolk. You're absolutely right. And, and back to coffee again. So the, the one thing, uh, maybe the only thing you need to be concerned about there would be the timing of your cup of coffee. Yeah, you know, people that drink coffee in the afternoon and then say, I can't fall asleep, well, there's a good reason for that. You know, the caffeine will stay in your system and really kind of keeps you more alert and unfortunately doesn't allow you to rest or sleep. But when we look at the other benefits from coffee, you know, drinking in the morning, decreased chance of of type 2 diabetes, decreased chance of Parkinson's, um, decreased chance of stroke and heart disease. So coffee really is a a, a liquid that uh, actually does have a lot of health benefits. I just read that the caffeine stays in your body for uh, maybe up to eight hours. Is that is that correct? Yeah. So if you if you think about, you know, people that drink coffee in the morning and then they kind of stay alert and then sometimes even hit that crash in the afternoon, whether that's due to sugar decreasing because of your dietary or whether it's due to a decrease in caffeine. But we certainly know that individuals and, you know, caffeine impacts individuals differently. Right. There's a person that can have the double espresso after dinner and still fall asleep just fine. But certainly it is going to stay in your system and get cleared by the body. But it is going to take a little bit of time depending on how much you bring in Uh, when you talk about cholesterol uh, many people uh, have uh, said and written about oatmeal uh, being maybe a way to control your cholesterol does it really yeah, you know, oatmeal is great. It's a great source of fiber. And when we look at our chances of, of, of colon cancer across this country, certainly you want to have a high-fiber diet. It also has great antioxidants, you know, which lower blood pressure as well. But it also will help lower your cholesterol. So it's a group of soluble fibers in, in uh, oatmeal that helps de- you know, bring out that LDL, that low-density low, low uh, lipoprotein, the bad cholesterol, Oatmeal actually helps clear that from the body and really is a, is a great source um, uh, to help with that. Uh, there are many uh, nutrients and good things in bacon, but I know it's not the best for us, is it? We, yeah, you have to go, you know, you can't take away bacon. Um, people just love it. And certainly it is high in a lot of vitamins, you know. Uh, omega-3 is in, in bacon as well. So it's uh, certainly you're going to want to have that in moderation. There are way other better sources to get your vitamin Bs, uh, you know, B1, B2, B12, B6. Uh, there's easier ways to get it, more healthy ways to get it. Certainly it's elevated in sodium, but uh, you do have to look at it and say, okay, if you're going to have a piece or two of bacon, at least you're going to get some health benefit from it. Um, just don't go and eat a lot of it. And uh, we do have to point out that a dark chocolate donut is not health food, is it? <laughs> you know, we talked about dark chocolate in the past, you know, and dark chocolate, if you're going to have a donut and you're going to have a chocolate donut, 
dark chocolate is probably going to be as healthy as you're going to get instead of milk chocolate. Um, but we did talk you know, last week about the lead and the cadmium in dark chocolate, so certainly that's a concern. And probably, really, you need to limit your dark chocolate uh, intake and limit your donut intake just because of the way that they're produced, the calories and the fat at that time of the morning are really not a good idea for you. Uh, and neither is leftover pizza, I guess, is it? Yeah, good point. You do get your dairy at that point, but uh, certainly loaded with sodium, which you do not want to have early in the morning to impact your blood pressure. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine Central Page Hospital. Uh, more next Monday morning. Have a good week, Doc. Thank you. You got it, Bob. Take care. We'll talk soon.